Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Here's Nikki. Hello. Nikki Glazer podcast. Welcome to the show. Ooh, my voice coming out of the gate. Not great. I <laughs> have been singing all day. I have to say I was in the recording studio. So my voice mm-hmm. is a little shot, but I really tried to get, I like, you could hear a crack on that. Um, not to brag or anything, but I, you know, wrote and recorded a song this week and it's the first time I ever did it and it's going to be fucking good. And you're not supposed to like say something's going to be good before, like you're supposed to undersell it, but I really think this is going to be good and I think you guys are going <laughs> to like it. So um, I'm just putting that out there. Um, yeah, I wrote a pop song. Brian Frangie's here. Noah is here. And we have a special guest, a friend who I have known for so many years. And it has been actually uh, over a year, probably a couple years since we've like really connected. So I'm so excited to have her here. She's so funny. She is so cool. And she has a new special tape or she's taping a new special um, April 6th in Madison, Wisconsin. And we're going to find out where in just a second because I did not get that detail. It's Kelsey Cook. Hello. Yay. Hi, Kelsey. Hi, guys. How are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, my God. Thanks for being here. This is the beauty of having a podcast is that you get a text from your producer being like, would you like to have on comedian Kelsey Cook? And like all this information about you. I'm like, yeah, she's my friend. <laughs> of course yeah. I would. I just, yeah, I was like, oh, my God. Of course. I haven't talked to her in so long and this will be a great way for us to to catch up because I've been watching you from afar, but we just, um, I think our last conversation was like during COVID. We talked for like an hour on the phone. Is, am I remembering that correctly? Yes. We talked uh, during COVID during all of the insanity. And then yeah. shortly after that, my whole life like completely changed. I moved from LA to Spokane, Washington, and I was oh. living there for two years. And, um, we don't have Whoa, to get it. I didn't know you were there. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. And that's where you're from, right? That's where I'm from. And I think yeah. you were living in St. Louis already at that point. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was I was already in deep uh in my hometown. Yeah. Still there. Still there. Yes. yes. We just went to Spokane. 
Yeah, we were, we were in Spokane at um, December. Kind of casino. We were at a yeah. casino that was hidden in a military base or something. That sounds yes. right. That sounds like that all checks out for Spokane. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you were such a pioneer in the leaving LA or New York during that time and mm. having a better life for it, I think. Just being happier. Yeah, did you... Did you discover that when you moved back? Was it was it better for you? Yeah, it it was better in ways and harder in certain ways. Um, right. We don't have to get super into it because it's dark. But um, a few weeks after I moved back home, my mom went into the hospital and ended up staying in there for five months and was diagnosed oh. with dementia while she was in there. And so, oh Jesus, yeah, I'm so sorry. Thank you. So, Fuck. the two years that I was there were like the lowest lows of going through all of that. Um, And then I also, it was so random because, you know, a lot of people had started to post more and more content on their social media during the pandemic. And I got seen by an agent at CAA while I was living in Spokane and Mm -hmm. ended up being signed by them. And then they booked out this whole massive tour. So it was, yeah, like such lows personally and then things with my yeah. career started to get really busy and it was it was just like a weird couple of years of uh a lot of things happening but yeah well i'm glad you had some good in there as well because that's the way um, it always goes you yeah. can't have all your pillars good at the same time <laughs> oh yeah in order to have one theory. up you need to have one down Brian has this pillars theory of life. I don't even think you brought it up on the podcast yet. Like, but no, what, no. what are the pillars of life that you need to? I'll have uh, to do. A, I'll have to or, review because I I'm not gonna be able to deliver this quickly because I yeah. forget. So I'll I'll review my pillars and bring it back in a future episode. But okay, the point is, I feel like there's a balance, and like in order for ups to happen, there needs to be downs. I feel like it never is all working out at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, some people it seems to. <laughs> Maybe I just don't know what's really going on in their personal life. But no. um was it was it hard to celebrate those highs or were you was it a huge relief? Was there like a, a guilt associated with it? Was there a oh, okay, I can I get out of here? What what was the feeling when the, the good news came? Yeah, that's that's such a great question. I feel like um this whole so my mom's now had dementia for three years and it has been so um, interesting that when something good in my life happens, I do have, of course, that moment of like, oh, yay, this is so exciting. And then there's also now this sadness of wishing I could tell my mom and that she would know what it means for whatever I'm sharing, because she's always been like biggest fan, Mm. biggest supporter. So yeah, it's, it's wait. So how quickly did she get past the point of being able to understand something like that and, and celebrate it with you in, in a way that would, would mean something to you? Um, she, so in that time that she was in the hospital, at one point they thought she had six weeks left to live. Like she had become catatonic, like wasn't Jesus. eating. Yeah. And then she kind of miraculously pulled through that, got out of the hospital, but I mean, has been like on and off of hospice for three years. So damn dementia, I didn't know anything about dementia until her getting diagnosed with it, but it's so not linear. It's not like, oh, you can like see exactly it going down. It's like some days it takes a nosedive and Mm -hmm. you feel like you're not going to get any portion of that person back. And then they'll kind of 
you know, come back in ways. So I would say it's been probably like a year that like in this past year has been a lot less of her being able to really know what I'm talking about. Right. Right. So it comes and goes. There's like signs of it at first and then she'll remember the next, like it's, yeah, it's all, it's bouncing all over the place. Yeah. It's, it's just. Yikes. Yeah. I'm sorry, girl. It's like Mario Lopez's career. (laughs) You think it's going to go. Brian. And then all of a sudden it's back. (laughs) It's not going, it's not going anywhere. It goes up. It has ups and downs. Yes. But it's it's not it's not gonna go away. Yeah, he's no. not going away. Unfortunately, I've, dementia doesn't go away. I know that's so. I would have oh, never fuck. made a Mario Lopez career correlation to my mom. That's dementia. what Brian's that's here what, for. Right, that's yeah. a specific skill set. And you know what? That's what like obviously I was I was about to ask you because I have a friend whose uh, parent is going through the same thing. He's a comedian, mm-hmm. and I'm like the way he talks about. There's like some really funny shit that's happening with dementia because it's someone who's like blackout drunk all the time and got like kind of like operating like uh, there's there's got to be there's humor within it because it's it's so tragic how what what really else can you get from right. it except uh, all the sadness you got to be there's got to be moments of like his dad like put a hair dryer in the the microwave and like won't stop trying to do that like he has to cook this hair dryer oh, yeah. like <laughs> why does he need to do this yes. like there's this urgency about it and they can't leave him alone because that will 100% happen right. and there and I remember being like, "You got to talk about this on stage." He's like, "People don't laugh when I talk about it," and I go, "Oh, it's because you, f- it's too sad to you still." Yeah, it's, it's also so a- horrifying, you know. That it is ever no one it's wants like to my think worst about fear. it because yeah. it's looming yeah. for all of us and all of our loved ones. It's like the thing you don't like. You were think saying you you didn't know much about dementia before, like. Mo- lots of our parents are going to get it and we all are like blinders till it happens because yeah. what am I supposed to do? Like start reading about it now and getting depressed before uh, it happens. Like you got to get blindsided. So you protect your fucking sanity until it happens. Oh yeah. I mean, you'll stop sleeping if it's something you're afraid of all the time because it is yes. truly such a nightmare. But I, so you're talking about your friend who is going through it and has these things that, it still seemed too dark to talk about on stage. So I felt that way mm-hmm. for a while. Like I, I barely talked about um, what was going on with my mom publicly for the first couple years of it, just because I, I didn't know how much I wanted to share. And, um, and then I started to talk about certain parts of it on stage. And now it's like the last, maybe like third of my hour that I'm about to tape. Oh, that's so, so exciting. Yeah. And I, but it's, yeah it's at that place and now i do have people who come up after shows who do have family members with dementia or have lost a family member to dementia that are like thank you so much for talking about this yeah because it i feel like i'm still honoring her to talk about it because i'm saying like she has dementia but she is so smart and funny that even with dementia she's still so crafty and like sharing these things that she'll say and do and yeah, I mean, I just think there's a way that you can talk about it that's healing for you and is still respectful to them. So, yes, I, I and that's such a balance because yes, it's there is a way to really throw them under the bus if you want to and 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 not handle it with care and that's probably what makes you uh nervous to even talk about it. And when I said it it's exciting, that felt like the wrong word, but what I'm talking about is like when you have this breakthrough, when you're struggling with a topic that you're like, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to talk about this. I wish I could, but it literally, I don't think there's ever going to be a chance. And now it's a third of your fucking new hour. That's like this, 
that means that you have found a way to make it really um not only personal personal but um universal and that like people are and you're it's how exciting to be talking about something that kind of feels taboo and being able to make it such a huge chunk of your set i'm so excited to see this material oh, thank you yeah I mean, oh my god i oh sorry go ahead no i i mean i want to i want to see so i even i like i i savored a clip i saw of yours yesterday <laughs> Because it was some crowd work you were doing with someone who knew your, who knows your, is a fan of your boyfriend's Chad Daniels, who is an amazing comedian. <laughs> and I haven't really, I haven't talked to you since you guys um, got together. And he, I, I've known him for years, so it was yeah. like these two people from my two separate worlds coming together. Not to make it about me, but it's just when you find out oh, two yeah. of your friends have found mm -hmm. each other, you're like, oh my god, that makes so much sense. It's so exciting. Yeah. I'm so excited about Chad. But that <laughs> that clip was so funny of this woman. Um, at, at the cl a club, being like, I know your boyfriend, and being like, I'm, I'm a huge fan, and you're like, easy, lady, <laughs> and I'll save what Kelsey does, but Kelsey has a really hilarious <laughs> physical moment that she, it, it, like, it was a real, it was just so quick and so sharp. You got to go watch that clip, uh, Kelsey Cook comedy on Instagram. Um, how did you and Chad? Well, I guess we have to go to break soon, but I just want to get into the chat of it. Yeah. I love talking about relationships, and that is what a bright spot that has seemed to be just from me watching, like stalking you guys on Instagram and uh, projecting my own assumptions about <laughs> your relationship onto you. No, it seems correct. perfect, it seems ideal. You're both so funny. Tell me it's as good as it looks. Um, how long have you guys been together? We've been together for about a year and a half now, and all right. uh, we started a podcast together recently, which yes. oh, that's commitment. That's commitment. Dude, that's yeah. like that's like bigger. We bought a, getting a dog. <laughs> yeah, we bought a house together. Levels. Uh, oh, last well, year. okay. And I feel like the podcast is an even bigger. Like you could privately yeah. sell a house. You can't privately end a podcast <laughs> if this goes. <laughs> that's such a good wrong. Point. Like so there will true. have to be a public explanation. Um, oh yeah, you guys will have custody of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Take turns hosting it. Yeah, that's um. <laughs> That's what's the podcast called, and when did when did it already start? Yeah, so it's called Pretend Problems, and uh, there are ten mm. episodes out so far. So the the videos are on YouTube, oh but the audio is on all podcast platforms. But awesome, okay. yeah. So we're being pretty open about the problems that we've gone through, and then we take listener questions and try to give advice as a couple or a couple. in your like individually as a couple. Oh, that's mm. the, that's what I like. That's what I wanted to do with my boyfriend, but I was too scared because it would, it would turn into like a fight. Like I was scared I would lose control of it and it would become not fun to listen to. And there would be too many stop downs of like, we can't air this. Like there yeah. <laughs> have there been moments like that with you guys where you're like, can we air this? <laughs> like this is getting heated. We, we're learning that it's better for like if we do want to get into something that was and like an actual hard thing to talk about in the moment that we have to let it be completely cooled off before we talk about it on the podcast so we right. had talked through an argument that we had that in like what it was about was so stupid and silly which are you know 99 percent of relationship Fights, I feel Can like. you tell me what it was about? Do you remember this one? Yeah, we were uh, we were walking to our car in a parking garage, and Chad is just like he just becomes Jason Bourne in public, where he just like <laughs> feels like he knows the most efficient way to do everything, transportation wise, yeah. but he doesn't communicate that with the people around him. And so I'm mm -hmm. like, 
and I'm very uh, like I have like my hood up. I'm like I don't even know where I'm walking. I'm just in another world. Yeah, you're just blindly following him. Yes. Yeah, and so he and he's parkouring truly. Yeah, so he <laughs> felt like I was in the way of a car coming, and he kind of tried to like shepherd me like out of the yes. way. But in that moment, it felt like um, I don't know. I mean, he's he is older than me, and I think I felt like that that girl feeling of like, I can do it. Like, I don't need you to like, tell me like where to walk or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then I kind of shut down for a few minutes, which is his ultimate, like hates a silent treatment. Yeah. I wasn't trying to give a silent treatment. I'm more like, I want to take a few minutes to think before I talk. And Todd would rather like, those two are so like relatable. (laughs) It's, that's the problem. Everyone that does the silent treatment most of the time isn't trying to. They're just like, that's their we're processing shit. And the people that hate the silent treatment or being given it have no idea what that is. Like, uh, I th- yes. find that me, like, I hate the silent treatment, too. And when I get it, I'm just like, just get over it now. Like, you know, I didn't mean to. You know, I didn't mean to make you feel like a child. Do you understand that? Right. Okay, yes. Now, like, let's go back to being happy. Like, I said sorry. And they usually need to, like, process it, which is... Oh, totally fine. But man, those, uh, but he- I-, I relate to that so much. Okay. So, so you're sulking a little bit, like you're just like piecing it together, but you're a little quiet. Yeah. I'm just trying to cool off a little bit before mm. saying things that are like a bigger feeling than I actually feel. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> he just was like, well, okay, like, I guess today's ruin or like, he immediately then feels so like, well, I guess this is this whole thing now. So he would rather say how he feels right then, and then apologize later. And I would rather (laughs) wait and not have to apologize. But it's just like, these are the Uh, Yeah, exactly. Yours doesn't ever come. Yes. (laughs) You guys all just go off and you you mull it over and you make peace with yourself. But like, we don't it. Yes, that is that's so interesting. And how many times I have said, I guess the day's ruined because I did some little thing and he needs three seconds to fucking just come out of his funk where he thought I was doing yeah. the mean thing or whatever. And it, man, it's it's I've been through that a million times. That's so funny. Oh, I know. Which is just, it's so nice to hear someone else does yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, we're how you're saying that you were afraid to do it with your boyfriend because you're like oh my god is this gonna be like too rocky there are times where we end the episode we're like oh fuck like should we be showing people just that we don't know really what our relationship looks like like if we do have a bad day or whatever but it Mm -hmm. has been so nice to get comments from people like oh my god thank you and now we feel so much less alone if we're having a similar fight so i think it's nice you do see too many instagram versions of couples and then I think you yes. feel extra like shit if you have a bad day with your partner because you're like, well, I guess we're yes. fucking doomed. And it's like, no, it's just- everyone's like rational and thoughtful and remorseful and just, you know, full of gratitude for their partner. Even when they're like talking about tough times, yeah, no. they always like talk about the most healthy way in which they handled it. Like at least the stuff I'm being sold is like partners just being super empathetic towards each other and being like and, and maybe admitting they did wrong, but it just even the bad seems good. That's the illusion of Instagram. Yeah, like even the things that are like, this is my real acne. And you're like, well, fuck <laughs> you. That's not even that bad. Yeah. Or like, look at my cellulite. And you're like that. that? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, I guess you're showing me your worst. I'm still feel now. I feel bad about myself. Cause it's not as bad as my worst. Right. Um, yeah. Even the bad stuff is curated. So that's, that's nice. And I mean, that's what, 
we're I think that's what we are as uh, comedians better at than um, a, a pretty much everyone else is just be saying humiliating things or being really vulnerable in a, a way that most other people would be like, you can't put that out. And we're just like, oh, well, I don't it's, know. Yeah. It's fine. As long as it was funny. The clip that you were talking about with the woman in the crowd who's like a super fan of Chad's yeah. and... I mean, we talked about that on the podcast because that blew up online into this whole, I had, I mean, it has like over 12 million views on TikTok and a couple of things. Like it went so much crazier than I expected it to. And then you do have people like, oh shit, like what's he doing? Like what's, what's going on girl? Like, can you trust him? And I'm like, are you kidding me? It's so funny. People are so weird. Yeah. It's, and you know what? Men are such pieces of shit like so many women are dealing with just a horrible men that the assumption that there's anything shady going on with your f- that fan and chad from your clip makes me realize there's a real p- there's a problem of like cheating and just shittiness going on if oh, that's God. the first reaction someone has yeah but it kind of yeah that's what you see like i tiktok comments i mean I, they've got to be the worst right like I, I don't, I'm not insane. on TikTok, but I hear that's the, the those are the worst ones. They're up there with YouTube. I made the mistake of re-downloading Twitter to post the video because somebody else had posted it and I got, and they didn't tag yeah. me, of course. And I got like 6 million views, of course. which is always how that goes. And uh, mm-hmm. I looked at the comments there and I was like, ooh, like these people are like truly the Twitter, talk, yeah, like the most. Twitter's the worst. Yeah, yeah YouTube's yeah, actually not so bad these days. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, how bad okay. Was. Yeah, it's. I didn't even know. I don't even think about it anymore. But yeah, I'm, I'm guessing. And um, threads. How did they take it? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. I for threads. I LinkedIn. joined when everybody said you should join, and I've posted four yeah. times. And I haven't done anything. That's everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's threads was a disaster. Yeah. But everyone's it really nice be. on threads. If you post on threads, generally they're it's like, thank you for place. being here. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that would, yeah. that, um, how did you guys, um, oh, wait, should we go to break? No, are you saying, honey? Yeah, let's yeah. go to break. Cause I want to hear about the genesis of, um, your relationship with comedian Chan Daniels because two comedians dating, I always want the scoop and I haven't had it yet. So we'll, uh, cover that when I get back. If she wants of to, course, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of hair removal tools that just don't cut it? Conair Bomb gives you smooth, flawless results while putting you firmly in control. From achieving that silky smooth skin to boosting your inner confidence, Conair Bomb is all about helping you elevate your self-care game. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self-care is important to keeping you feeling confident and empowered. It's time to take your hair removal routine to the next level. You can trust Conair Girl Bomb to get the job done right. Conair Girl Bomb gives you the secret weapons for achieving powerful results with ease. 
Designed with women in mind, these tools boast the sassy Girl Bomb grip for unparalleled handling and precision, along with professional grade blades to deliver results that you used to only get from men's tools. No more compromising. So, to all you incredible women out there, treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Don't settle for anything less than perfection. Elevate your grooming game with Conair Girl Bomb. Available now at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Well, the weather is getting a lot warmer, and so your wardrobe probably needs an update. I know mine does, and it's so hard when you want to buy new stuff because you want it to last a long time, you want it to look really good, and you want it to, like, stand the test of time in terms of, like, fashion. At least that's what I want. And so that's why I love Quince, because Quince is all about effortless fashion that looks chic and timeless year-round. I'm talking premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. Washable silk top. They have so many chic jewelry pieces like these globe boho hoops. I love those. You could just blindly click and end up with such wardrobe essentials. They're not wasting your time at Quince. I love the Quince um, dress I got. I'm trying to find it because I want to say the exact name of it, but it's like this long sleeve dress, but it's like a midi skirt. It's so cute. It's like silky feeling. It's just, I've told you about it before. Okay, there's so much cute stuff on here. I got to go and get back to the podcast, but you know what to do. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Nikki for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E, Quince.com slash Nikki to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Nikki. All right, we're back with Kelsey Cook. You can follow her on Instagram, Kelsey Cook Comedy. And um, she has a special called The Hustler that is out on YouTube now. And then you can go see her tape her um, new hour, April 6th in Madison, Wisconsin. Where are you taping that? Comedy on State. Comedy uh, on State. Oh my God, the, the great greatest. Club. Comic I've club never the country. there. It's just kind of wild to uh, like shoot the first time going there, but everybody has said it's so good that I feel like it's oh, that place. God, man, you're that place is you, girl. Oh, like that place is like I, I being there. It's like oh my god, you, the the kind kind of comedy you do is gonna fucking kill there. Like really, just great jokes uh bombastic like like just yeah. interactive like it's the perfect place for that and it's such a good energy it's such a good place as you well know from like every comedian that talks about it it really is is going to be amazing so april 6th get tickets to go see that um so yeah your um boyfriend is one of the funniest comedians that every comedian cites is like their favorite comedian chad daniels he's been around forever he's old, you said you older than you um you obviously knew about him before or did you how did you guys end up um being uh being together you're a super fan yeah i am a super did you go fan, on one of his shows and yell at him and yeah were mm. you a super fan <laughs> everyone well every comedian that knows anything knows chad daniels is one of the best so it's like you you had to have been a fan yeah I, I you think... went to his girlfriend's show and yelled at <laughs> her yeah. i became the biggest super <laughs> fan started I it bought a house with the man that's like the creepiest thing you can do <laughs> as a fan. um the first time I had heard of him, actually, I was on my way to the airport and my Lyft driver was playing his album. Wow. wow. And I had heard his name before just through comedy, but I hadn't ever listened to his sure. stuff. And this Lyft driver and I ended up like bonding the whole ride because we were both just dying laughing at his <laughs> yeah. album. And uh, how long did you guys date? And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really, really started a great relationship with him. Uh, but no, it was so like mind-blowing to me how i just like could not stop laughing out loud that whole ride he was so funny and then uh, i had chat on my web series wrist of theory i had a foosball web series on youtube for a few years oh yeah yeah so the first time we met is actually on youtube like you can watch us whoa wow. that's so cool yeah yeah so it's fun to Wait, 
if I watch it, am I going to be like, oh my God, there's so many signs. These two are like crushing. You, you could definitely see like some chemistry, I think. Yeah. Um, but I was married at the time and he was in a relationship. Oh, and, so I'm sure there's none. Well, oh no, but you know what's so funny is like, <laughs> we were, I feel like having like a really fun, good time on camera, but like when the camera was off, I thought that Chad like hated I thought that he, really? because he was trying to be really respectful to oh. his girlfriend and to my husband. And so I, I mean, that day I was like kind of sad. So I was like, oh God, I think he's so funny, but like, I don't even think he likes me as a person. Like I really yeah. felt like nothing would ever, you know. That's happened so often when you like, I know that it's happened to me a bunch and not even because I'm trying to respect someone in a relationship. And and this is, this could if you're in a relationship, you you happen to like have feelings for someone else. Like it happens to people. It's not a bad thing. If you catch feelings while you're in a relationship, let's just like get over that first and foremost. Sure. You can't help what you feel. But like uh, when I um like someone or even like I, I go the opposite way because I don't want them to know. And I don't want, I don't want myself to even recognize it, especially if I'm with mm-hmm. someone, I like don't want to acknowledge it. Right. So I go the other way and I'm like, Instead of being a neutral person that's just friendly, I'm a bitch. Yeah, you overcompensate. Like I turn into like, yeah, I turn into like <laughs> kind of mean and yeah, I overcompensate because I'm so scared of letting in that feeling and I can't let them know. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times guys have been that I like to have been like, she hates me, including my boyfriend, Chris, like was about to quit my show that he was working on wow. when, when I, I, I was in love with him before we got together wow. and he was going to quit because or like look for other work because he's like the host hates me. She doesn't look at me. She doesn't talk to me. And it was really, oh I mean, I probably could be, I like get me too for this, but like I, I was mean to him because I liked him so much. I couldn't, I wasn't trying to yeah. be, but I was not a good boss because wow. I liked him so much. And I couldn't let him see that because it was too vulnerable. But um, that's really funny that I, I love like going back and being like, you were so weird to me that first day. Like, so when did it, when did you guys reconnect? Like, when were you both single again? You, you, you got a divorce. I mean, God damn girl, you've been through a lot. Yeah. 2020, <laughs> 2020 <laughs> was a lot. And then I moved to Spokane feeling like, okay, I'm going to move home. I'm going to like have kind of a fresh start. 2021 is going to be great. And literally three weeks after I moved home, my mom went to the hospital. So it was just like, God damn. it was a lot of hard stuff. And, and Nikki, you were saying, like, uh, you can you say why she went to the hospital the first time? So she went and I, I actually, I found her on her floor called 911 and she had a perforated stomach ulcer her gallbladder was full of stones and she had covid so she was like oh. almost septic um, oh my they God. did a emer- triple threat yeah they did emergency <laughs> surgery and when she came out of surgery she was a completely different person because she, oh my God. she had underlying dementia and we didn't realize an anesthesia can accelerate dementia Oh no! Oh, it like oh. lets it out. Fuck. Yeah. So it really like. God, Kelsey, shit. Why? Are your still together? No. So were, were they were not at this time? Was your mom? Did you have like a stepdad, or is she dating anyone, or is, it's just you? Do you have brother? Do you have siblings helping I out? I have a younger brother, but he's he's almost six years younger than me, and um, mm. you know, lived out of state, had a baby on the way. So this was a lot on you. Yeah, I was there with her in the hospital every day for five months basically it was like God. Um, during covid hospital like weird times yeah when she came out God. of the surgery i mean she 
for a long time thought she had time traveled because it was like everybody in these like giant hazmat suits around her. Like it was so disorienting for her. And, oh uh, yeah. She didn't have dementia. She was just confused. Why? Uh, right. I mean, anybody <laughs> like, comes out her her dementia's like, advanced. She's like, fuck? no. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. I can't believe anesthesia so can sorry. accelerate it. That's just horrifying. I know. I, I, I know. Um, so yeah, I know Nikki. We we haven't really talked in so long, and I just was like, yeah, there's a through. lot. Like, I fucking hate dementia. So, but I've just did. seen the the highlights. Exactly. I've seen you just like, exactly. like you know, uh, just blow up online and then have this relationship. So I thought everything was, you know, that's sailing, Instagram, I mean, that's social media. That's you think baby. she's just living a high life, yeah. getting all these followers, touring, getting a new boyfriend. The Little do you know, she's getting divorced. That. Never and her mom's in hospice. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's truly. And that's why I, we really can have it all. Yeah. I started to <laughs> post more about my mom in the last maybe year or so. Um, because it was nice to feel more of a connection to people online who were going through something similar. But it also just felt yeah. like it felt so weird to not show this entire part of my life that was happening. Yeah, and I don't know. I'm sure for a long time I just felt like I don't know if she would want me to be like posting about yeah. this, but you do. Like you do get to a point where you're like, okay, it's been years now. Like she also would want people who love her who maybe don't know that this is happening to know about it. But anyway, mm-hmm. that was. I'm gonna. I'm I going felt- out to dinner with my parents tonight. I'm gonna ask them if, when they their mind starts to go if it's okay if i post like i'm gonna get their permission because yeah. i'll be I'll, I'll be tempted to want to and i they'll probably say no and then i can't so i probably shouldn't ask and just ask for permission later um but <laughs> no but but it's it is important to show that part of it's, yeah. it sucks when you have to, as a comedian and as someone who has you have two podcasts mm-hmm. and you have you, you're on stage every night and you, you just you want to be able to share every facet of your life and i don't think most people have private parts of their life, but it's really sucks when you got to make one as a comedian, a major one that is influencing every way you see the world. Now you can't say why this might be your overall tone about other things, mm-hmm. like the underlying yeah. thing. You want to be able to get it all out. So that's really good that you can now. I felt the same way. Yeah. <laughs> I felt the same way about my, uh, my mattress. I mean, it was so long. I was wondering whether I should share my mattress yeah. journey. And we people. really regret that you did. I think it was too soon. <laughs> but the outpouring, the outpouring of literally. negativity that came, yeah, was inspiring. Well, Kelsey, how did you and Chad start talking again? So, like, when did that happen? It was a little bit of a felt like a kind of a Jim and Pam thing for a while after that, mm. where, um, like, kind of one of us would reach out and be like, "Hey, how are you doing?" And the other person would be in a relationship, and then that person would be out of the relationship and reach out to them and then they yeah. would be in a relationship. And so, yeah, it, you know, and like I said, that first time I met him, I really was like, Oh, I, I, I don't even think he likes me as a person. He was so stone faced. And it's funny now, cause even the first, I don't know, good chunk of our relationship in the beginning, he was so hard to read because he just was so terrified to get hurt. He had all of these walls mm-hmm. up. But we would go on dates and I would be like, I'm having fun. Are you having fun? Because he would just, we'd be like mini golfing and he would just have like. He'd be so no nervous ex- that he has to like turn it off. Yeah. Like no yes. expression on his face. And and you knew there was more to this guy because you 
can see his comedy. Like if there weren't ways for you to watch him on podcasts and watch him on YouTube, like, you know, this guy, the guy that you are attracted to is lurking somewhere underneath all of this. Yeah. It's like, why can't you be like this around me when like eventually, obviously that edifice like fell away and you were able to like get to that. But it did, how many dates did it take? How long oh, before? Months. I mean, <laughs> why is he so nervous because we, we were long distance for the first you know oh yes yeah, so you're starting over every time kind and of so oh. um but yeah i mean he and he's opened up about it on the podcast but just yeah. really really uh felt so strongly about me which is so sweet but would like mm-hmm. hide that because he was afraid to get hurt. And so he just kind of like yeah. really kept walls up for a long time until he felt, I think, for sure that I wasn't going to hurt him or you know, that it was yeah. going to work out. But yeah, it took a long time and a lot. It just it went slower than any relationship I've ever been. Interesting. Like very, very well, that's, And then it, now it's working. And now, yeah. And he has kids, right? Yes, he does. <laughs> and how long did it take you before you met them? So I met and was that so I would be so nervous because they're like teens, right? They're like teen girls. So uh, he has a 24 year old son and a 19 year old daughter. Oh, yeah. So they're beyond teen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least one of that. That's a lot. That's so like they're like closer <laughs> to your age. Like it's like that's that's my like dream because you kind of like they're not they're over that stage where they're like, you're not my real mom. So it's like there's not that pressure right. that you're filling the shoes of this person who like they don't even live with their dad anymore. So it's not like they, but it's also like they're, they're adults. So they might like roll their eyes at you a little bit more. Like what, what was your feeling going into that? Yeah. How'd that go? So his son was a little bit easier to connect with initially, not necessarily to connect with, but just like, I felt like he accepted me a little bit more quickly. Mm-hmm. He and his daughter are very close and they, I think have been able to spend a lot of time just the two of them hanging out. And so for me to come into the picture, I think felt like it disrupted her, her typical quality time with her dad. And I think it's, I mean, I talk about this a little bit on stage. I wanted her to like me so badly initially, but it, that has to be so weird for somebody in her position to try to like me because I'm posting jokes online about like blowing her dad. And it's like, that's, no a truly like yeah what, that would be weird it's the worst nightmare a 19 year old was like oh yeah fuck yeah like welcome to thanksgiving any 19 year old no, would be like the- gross totally you know what i mean yes. i would feel so what's disgusted if my stepmom talked about that we're porn kelsey we're porn stars <laughs> like we're we're doing we we're making jokes but some of the stuff we describe if you close your eyes it's porn for the blind like there's <laughs> no dip like we're describing a very intimate sexual act Sometimes in graphic yes. detail, and yeah, you're a step up. That's that's the worst. I would first of all, I would hate you already because you're like pretty and you're young and like you're taking time away. Like my dad, I was number one for my dad now, and it seems like he's like kind of splitting number one with someone else. Like I don't want to s- share it. Like we can all relate to that feeling. Not all of us, but if you have a good relationship with your dad, like I can, I would hate it. I would have, but I wanted, I wanted secretly wanted my parents to divorce when I was little because I wanted. <laughs> To hate a stepmom. It looked so fun. Like on, um, you know, uh, Freaky Friday yeah. or uh, no, Parent Trap. Like I wanted to like put frogs in someone's uh, sleeping bag. And like 
I don't know, like put Nair in her shampoo and have her be like, ah! yeah. like I think that's from the, the craft. That was a little bit worse, but I just wanted to like terrorize a woman and hate her. And, and cause I can't talk to my mom that way. I can't be like, fuck you. But like, you it feels yeah. like you could say fuck you to like your dad's new girlfriend, you know? And I just wanted to <laughs> shout like, you're not my real mom at someone. And mm-hmm. uh, sadly for me, they stayed together. Oh God. But, um, but yeah, that is <laughs> Do you, when your your parents are divorced, did you did you have to meet a new dad's girlfriend type thing? Had you been on that side of things before? Oh yeah, my my stepmom oh. was in the picture early on, and uh, she oh. was very different from my mom. A little too early on. A little too early on. Uh, <laughs> like before, I'll try to before things even went down. On, I always try yeah. to be careful about how I talk about it now on podcast because I was sure. like too open one time, and it was uh they didn't appreciate. Yeah, it, it comes back to get you. Um, okay, but, yes, uh, yeah, they just very very different households between my dad and stepmom's house and my mom's. Um, you know, growing up, like my dad's house became very strict. It was like a little Handmaid's Tale sort of a vibe. And so mm. I had a lot of resentment toward my stepmom and my dad when I was younger. And so the way that if his daughter feels negatively toward me, I'm always like, I get it. I, like, I've been such there. an unnatural thing. Like, yeah. you don't think you're rooting for your parents to like fuck until they're fucking mm. somebody else that isn't your mom. And then you're like, who is this? Like, I don't like this. This isn't right. Yes. Oh, you mean you you don't realize that you're rooting for your parents to fuck each other until they're fucking yes. someone else? Yes. Yes. You, yeah. You're always like I, I, grossed out by that initially, but then when they totally. are dating somebody else, you're like, oh, I don't want them to sleep with these other. Who are these people? It's so much grosser. Yeah, yeah. Brian, you dealt with it too. Were you? Was there initial like, oh, who's this woman? I hate her feelings. Um. Well, my stepdad was the first person in the picture, mm. and he he was great. I mean, I never got to say you're not my real dad. I just, uh, he was an amazing guy and God, that's great. he was just an amazing guy an amazing stepdad. And he was like a second dad to me and my brother and my, my mm-hmm. half sister. And, um, I was just very pleased. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I was just very pleased the whole time. Yeah. I think yeah. I would have eventually gotten used to it, but at first it would have been, uh, it'd be very hard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, but there is a part of me that dreams of being like, I don't know if I'm going to be a mom someday, but I would be like, a, I think I'd be a pretty good stepmom. I think I would be like, you're saying empathetic about how this isn't easy and all those things. There's a part of me that's like holding on for that. Like, I don't know what could happen. Like maybe that's what uh, I'll do in the future. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's um, what. What is it? So where are you right now? I can tell you're on the road because you're in the classic um, hotel room setup. Yeah, mm-hmm. I am in Tacoma right now. Oh, yes, comedy club, uh, the Spokane of the West. Of the West, yes. <laughs> so, which I I love this club so much. It's actually my home club. I was a house MC there like yeah. twelve years ago. So it's so fun to come wow. and do it now. But uh, are you staying in the hotel that celebrates all the glass artists in town? You know, there's some. Is that the is Tacoma the one that's like the town of glass, or yes. is that that's maybe? I think it's yes. the Glass Museum or something like that. There's some. Oh, and in Tacoma is where um they filmed that scene in Ten Things yes. I Hate About You. The house is yes. so close to here. And you know what? I have a rental that. car. I should do that tomorrow. I've always you should you should go to the football field yes. where there's like you know the grandstand like the 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 stands where he does that. 
I love you, baby. Uh, and it's Heath Ledger running up and down. Like, it's so iconic. And it's such a cool looking thing. And I went there when I was in Spokane years ago. I went to go look at yeah. it. I ran over there and there were these two other women there. And we were just kind of like looking at each other like, are you here? Because 10 things I hate about you. And they're like, yeah, I am too. And we're like, oh, this is so random. Like, you know, 23 years later after that movie. And um, and I've remained, fr- those women were like, what do you do? And I was like, I have a show tonight. You want to come? So they came to that show and they have come to every single show no in way. that area for like the last eight years or whenever, however long that was. But I made friends that day. But yeah, that's a cool one to go see. I'm not someone who's like, you're going to go do it. But if you have a car, you might as, yeah. might as well. Thank you for reminding um, me. I mean, that is one of my all-time favorite movies. And I've, it's so I've good. looked it up on Google Maps before and made a mental note. But I forgot until I'm back here now that I should do it. Yeah, hell yeah. Okay, we're going to go to break and come back right after this. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of hair removal tools that just don't cut it? Conair Girl Bomb gives you smooth, flawless results while putting you firmly in control. From achieving that silky smooth skin to boosting your inner confidence, Conair Girl Bomb is all about helping you elevate your self care game. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self care is important to keeping you feeling confident and empowered. It's time to take your hair removal routine to the next level. You can trust Conair Girl Bomb to get the job done right. Conair Girl Bomb gives you the secret weapons for achieving powerful results with ease. Designed with women in mind, these tools boast the Sassy Girl Bomb Grip for unparalleled handling and precision, along with professional grade blades to deliver results that you used to only get from men's tools. No more compromising. So, to all you incredible women out there, treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Don't settle for anything less than perfection. Elevate your grooming game with Conair Girl Bomb. Available now at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. So, Kelsey, you and um, your boyfriend, you moved to, where does he live? We, we live in Minneapolis now. Yeah. So. Wow. I've never done that. How's that? Before to move. Yeah. but To... And to Minnesota, of all places. Like, anytime wow. I see people, yeah. they're like, well, you must really fucking love him because that is Aww. a butthole of a. Of Do you a- have anybody out there? Any friends no. or. I, I, who's the closest yeah, person? And I shouldn't say it's, it is nice now. I do really like it. It's not a butthole. But to, I moved there in January last year. It's brutal. Oh, I mean, God. it's like oh, negative so it's- 25 
with you can ice fish yeah and you're on the road so much it's like probably hard to get friends like yes wait, you're serious when you say you don't have do you have like girlfriends that you've met on your own in town like it's hard to meet friends as an adult in a new city how the oh fuck do you God. do it i mean i'm sure you have friends that of his that you've met through him but yeah i've i've I mean, are you going to art classes on Monday nights? Like, where are you going to meet some chicks? It's so hard. Uh, I think it's hard just as an adult to make friends anyway. But Mm -hmm. this is an especially weird career to try to make friends in because I'm gone all the time. And I think it's just, I think it gets exceedingly hard to connect with people who aren't comedians because your job Mm -hmm. and your lifestyle are so specific that to like start from scratch with a new friend who's just like, like works in a dental office, you're kind of like, Oh, yeah. You're just a, f- honestly, I feel like a freak. Yeah. Like a, a little bit. Like you're just, it's, there's something elitist to being like, it's hard for us to be friends with normal people. Yeah. But it's not even that. I feel like, like a night walker or something. Yeah. Or I feel like a, like I come I, from the sewer system or something. Like I feel like I live, I live in a different world where we talk about things differently. We communicate more honestly and openly. And like, that's why I'm drawn to autistic people right at the gate because they're like, they kind of operate on that honest level. Yes. Uh, I think maybe, but yeah, it feels hard for me to make friends locally, even though I know that I have so many people that listen to this podcast and they would be a great friend of mine. And and most of my girlfriends are not comedians to make new friends though. I just feel like it takes, unless I, the only way I know I'm going to be friends with someone is if they're instantly like really fucking, they share a weird thing or it's like, and it can't just be like, don't try to just come up to me and say something weird and think we're going to be best friends. Like it has to be like something. There's just a moment where I just know, you Mm -hmm. know, and um, it doesn't happen that often. And then you have to nurture it. And yeah, you you really have to like work on Mm relationships, you know, friendships, like relationships. You can't just like meet someone. And then like once every six months, hang out with a new friend. That's not going to take off. You got to like see them frequently. Yes, It's so hard. And I completely agree with what you're saying. Me saying like, oh, it's hard to connect with somebody who's a dental hygienist isn't a dig on them. It's like a dig on me. No, like, no, they're horrible. What? I mean, if you're trying to be friends with one of them, all they want to talk about is teeth. It's like, is there anything else going on? I mean, I yeah, their son is doing hockey this fall, uh, yeah, winter, and so they have to sign up for that. There's things that are going on in their house. No, they're, yeah, it's it's just a different. What um, you're gonna have a hard time with in my uh, theory on friends, uh, uh, my circle of friends is my theory on friends. Oh yeah, he has another theory. Yeah, I have another theory. This this I know a little bit more offhand. Your core group is uh, your second, your third circle of friends, and that's a group of people that you're friends with mostly because of proximity. And so, like when you're in a new place, like um, a new city, like you move to Minneapolis, one of your primary goals if you're looking for friends is to find a core group and those are people that you can consistently hang out with in the city you live in you may not be friends with those people if you moved out of minneapolis some of them you could some of them can move up but having a core group i found usually it's four to six people mm-hmm. that you can consistently do things with what are you doing on fourth of july like shit like that Okay, here's I'm going to stop you. You This isn't going to happen for Kelsey and it's not going to happen for me because we're on the road from Thursday through Sunday. When we get home, we don't really want to hang out with anyone Monday through Thursday. We don't really We're you got your boyfriend. Mm -hmm. You got maybe his kids coming in like. That's enough. It's enough for four days with the boyfriend and being alone. You're not on the road every single most week. Yes, she is forever weekends. Forever. 
Yes. Forever. That's There'll what be this times is. when you take off. There'll be times. When? I, I'm taking off for the first time in fucking over a year. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to Australia for the whole goddamn time. I'm yeah. not like hanging out right. in St. Louis. When you when we have to any time off, we go on vacation. Well, that's fine. It's a, you're friends. right. It's a special circumstance. If you're never in the city, then I guess you <laughs> don't really live there. I mean, you have a home there that you go <laughs> sleep in. That's that's kind of feels true sometimes. Yeah. Like, Kelsey, I'm sorry to, to say what I think you're experiencing. <laughs> no. does, does that resonate? Like when you're off, off the road, like don't you just don't want to do anything? Well, and it's tough too because chad also is gone the same amount of time i am so we're in a long distance relationship still half of the week so then when we're home we're like trying to almost binge each other it feels like and like pack in quality Mm. time and suits yes but (laughs) then if i'm home for a weekend and he's gone that is the time where it feels desperate that's when i'm like fuck like i really nice to have a core group yes like just but I have started to hang out a little bit with, there are some comedians, girlfriends who live there who, ah. and that's like a little bit, even if they don't do comedy, they, they get that world. And it's, mm-hmm. that has been an easier friendship. So like local comedians in Minneapolis, yes. their girlfriends. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes you, that'll do. Yeah, that's, that's the makings of a core group right there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You guys true. are going to be playing pickleball in no time. <laughs> I'm going like I feel like most of you know, yeah. I feel like in St. Louis, I don't have that many. F- for I do like to, I have Taylor, and I've my my mom has turned into someone that I like to. Kirsten hang out doesn't with live my, there. No, Kirsten lives in Kansas City. Oh. So yeah, most of my, my all my best friends are on girls chat, and I'm, we're talking constantly on there. But face to face, it's like I don't have a lot of that. But tonight, I am going t- on. I'm taking my parents to dinner, and then we're going to see Tim Dillon's in town, and I'm oh, so fucking oh, cool. excited because. He's literally my favorite comedian right now. I like consume everything he does. And like, I just randomly, someone was like, oh yeah. And I'm going to see Tim Dillon. My friend, Bobby J. Cox was asking me for tickets and I go, sorry, I want tickets now. You told me he was in town. (laughs) And so I wrote Tim and Tim's like, do you want to do a set? And I'm like, I guess like, I, I'm like, man, I got to do a set tonight. Like, I just wanted to like enjoy it, but you can't turn it down because I, it's, it's a great audience to be in front of. And I, and I'm such a Tim Dillon and it's such an honor to even, you know, be on the stage stage with him. So I'm doing it, but like some nights you're just like, man, do I have to? And Mm. all of a sudden I'm nervous and I'm like, what am I going to do? And it's like, you know, a seven minute set, but I am like, what's the best material for his crowd? Like I, I never overthink this shit. And I'm like, oh man, now I got to perform, but um, when I'm done, I'll be so excited to just watch comedy. I'm so excited to go to a show tonight and uh, and let loose because I rarely like go to shows. I just started going recently. Do you get to watch many of Chad's shows or are, do you ever go on the road with him if you're not working or vice versa? Well, everything you just said is I relate to it so hard. I went uh, to a couple of his dates on the Burt Kreischer tour over the summer. Oh, yeah. And truly just went as like, I just want to support. I just want to watch. This is such a cool opportunity. And then we get there and it's literally 15 minutes before the show starts. And Bert's like, do you want to open the show? And I'm like, oh, my God. oh like, damn. Because these are like, I have to say yes, don't I? Like I do. And arenas. Yes. And I'm, I'm so type A, like I'm never cool about anything. I can never just be like, yeah, sure. Fucking that'd be awesome. I'm like, okay. And then I immediately 
like almost shit my pants, had like IBS flare up and freaking out thinking <sighs> the same thing oh, that man. you're thinking where it's like, well, that fits right in on the Burt Kreischer tour. Yeah, that is, yeah, that did <laughs> That's his closer. I think. <laughs> 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 That's oh, that's so crazy, dude! That you got presented with that because those are I've done those shows. They're not easy. A lot of them are outdoors. Yeah. Everyone's drunk, and to open them like when oh, they're not yeah. work, when it's still light outside, they're not the they're a tough crowd. I would say, yeah. and there's thousands of them. It's like ten thousand people sometimes. I mean, fifteen, twenty. I've never yeah. done even close to that big of a crowd before. And so, anyway, when you're just saying that, like, you don't usually get nervous, but when it's somebody else's crowd who like Dude, they're not I there just, to see you but you like yeah you, they're a great crowd a great comic you want to make an awesome impression but um yeah i i mean of course you can't say no i did it you can't say no yeah. i this is the mm -hmm. thing about this great career that we have these great opportunities come up like i got asked to go to steven tyler's grammy party oh this God. weekend Holy i had the weekend shit. off my first weekend off in st louis in forever yeah. And I had vocal cord surgery two years ago and it's the same surgeon that did Steven's cord. So he like told Steven about me and somehow I got on some list. I didn't even met Steven Tyler, but I'm on some list where I got invited to this party and I swear to God, it came in and I go, God damn it. Why did they like, I have to go. You can't not go to a huge celebrity party during the Grammys where the black crows are playing and there's like this celebrity auction. There's going to be all this shit. So I'm like flying in just for that. But there's, I think everyone can relate to like, mm, like I'm going, but like, well, I wish they wouldn't have asked, <laughs> even though it's so cool. Yeah. Um, because it's just, you know, I, I hate having anxiety. I hate like setting myself up to be nervous about something, but like, that's obviously why we got into this is because it gave us some sort of thrill yeah. mm -hmm. to overcome a fear of speaking in front of people and doing this thing that's very scary and it's like we get high off of it. Yeah. I did it because bit. I was ordered by a court. <laughs> <laughs> the people need We're your almost done, actually. That would be the, people would rather do fucking anything than say can you imagine? Um, that would people that would really cut down on crime. Oh, yeah. If one of the punishments was having to perform stand up comedy, I really mm -hmm. think that would deter criminals because that is people's biggest fear is public yeah. speaking. That would be, yeah. that's a really good idea, actually. Yeah. Noah, Noah, if you were told that you had to do five minutes of stand up comedy at an open mic for in front of Tim it. Dylan's crowd, no, 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 at a Tim Dylan oh. show, I don't, in I'd front of cry. his fans. You gotta do 40 hours of uh, comedy service. <laughs> I think I would such kill a good myself. idea. Yeah. And we do it uh, voluntarily. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's um, 60 what days a, what in. A great career yeah really. oh yeah that's right yeah and it was that was so um, kind of Bert to offer and it ended up being yeah. amazing but yeah it's just it is so much pressure with so little notice and bird is the king of like yeah we'll just do just it do, yeah like who get like yeah it'll be fine yeah he's just like so like yeah like it you know bird is obviously he's a very type a person too in many ways but there's also on that tour especially there's just this casual casualness and also because he's like the king of it like you'd be like yeah run this part of my country. Who gives a shit? Like, I'm the king. <laughs> yeah. Like, it wouldn't seem like a big deal. Final thought. It's also really helpful when you, when you are someone who gets so nervous about something to have it just like, you you don't get to think about it. You don't have time. You just have to fucking do it. Yeah, it's good for you. Do you, do you find that like, it, after the, do you, do you find that you're like, oh, I'm able to do it on the fly. Maybe I don't need to worry as much. And does it help you not worry as much or you stick to how you are? It has not stuck. And it drives me crazy because I've like proven to myself 
like several times in this career, like you can do stuff under pressure. You can do stuff with little warning. And anytime an opportunity comes up, that's high pressure. I still psych myself out the entire time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's just the natural thing to do. I, I agree. I'm just like, I want to just like start like I just recorded this song this today. It's been all week. Like I was, I have a song that I'm putting at the end of my special and I couldn't afford to get a song that I like wanted. Cause they're like $30,000 and stuff. So I was like, oh, I'll just write a song. And I just like kind of, I, as soon as I floated it, like, would anyone let me do that? And they said, yes. I'm like, oh no, I just, I just Burt Kreischer'd myself. I just Steven Tyler'd myself. Like I just gave myself an opportunity that I can't say no to now. Yeah. Like if I say no, then I'm foregoing this opportunity to grow and challenge myself. So I did it and I, I had a producer fly in and we booked out studio time and I had, I've never home Monday through Friday, but I was this week. And so wrote this song and, and recorded it and my vocals. I'm just like, man, I'm just not, I'm not where I want to be vocally to really nail this. The one I, w- the way I want to nail it. And part of me is like, well, then you should wait, like record, like this record the song later when you are trained vocally to be good enough. And then another part of me is just like, write another fucking song because I remember getting so many opportunities early on in my career and knowing that I sucked, like knowing I'm like, I'm three years into comedy. I shouldn't be on last comic standing, but what am I going to say no to that? Because I'm going to be bad. Somebody trusted me to think I was good enough. And not that there's really, there's the someone in this scenario is just my produce producer and my, my friends being like, no, this sounds, this is good. This is good enough. Like, this sounds great. What are you talking about? But it's just like, you just got to go like, you know what? I'm just going to do my best that I can do right now. And there's something to glean from that. Like Taylor Swift does not sound vocally as strong in her first album at <laughs> all. At Not even close what? to what she sounds like now. Now, would we tell her you should wait till you're 33? <laughs> well, then we wouldn't have the Taylor Swift we have now if mm-hmm. she waited till she was, uh, and she probably got vocally so much better within a couple years of that album. But she, you gotta just, you gotta just take some chances and throw some stuff out first and maybe not be as good as, as you hope to be, you know, like not everything's going to be at fucking 10. And sometimes you just got to go, well, I don't have enough. You got to Joe Coy it. I don't, I only have 10 days to prepare, but I'm going to try my best. And then I'm going to blame it on the fact that I, I had mean, 10 days, sometimes but it was really it more than 10 days. Out. Because if you look at the announcement, it got announced on December 26th. So that's actually 12 days before it happened. And then you added to the fact that he probably got asked to do it a couple days before they announced it. So he probably had like 14 days. And that's just, I'm just going to add that to the, the argument. We don't mm-hmm. need to go back and bring up old stuff. But um, yeah, you can, and that is nice. You can blame it on it sometimes and be like, well, some people just, release our specials that aren't ready and then it hurts them. Like some, sometimes it's like you probably should have waited a little bit longer before you did your first hour. Yeah. But then you do not, do you not do it? Yeah. I think so. You, Especially think if you're you, just releasing really? it yourself on YouTube these days. Well, okay. That's different. If you're, if it's you that's telling you, you got this, but if it's some fucking network that believes in you or someone that believes in you, like, shouldn't you just... Yeah. Try and then if you fail miserably, go. You know what? Well, I'm gonna fucking pr- I'm gonna Taylor Swift and I'm gonna sing a little off key or whatever it was. I haven't even seen the performance at the Grammys. Uh, the first one she did, she got panned for it. Mm. And then I, I'm gonna take them saying that I should that I'm a sh- flash in the pan and that I am not as good as people thought I was and I really just I blew it on the biggest stage possible. And I'm going to fucking be, I'm going to train so hard. I'm going to get so good and I'm going to come back and I'm going to win a Grammy for a song I wrote about the fact that I was bad at one point. Um, Mm -hmm. And you can do that. Like there's a way out even if you embarrass yourself so much. There's always a way to come out. If you're great, no one, 
people might say, yeah, you used to be bad. But like, if you know what, like, if we're talking about the same comedian I'm ta- thinking about that we might be talking about it, who maybe got a chance too soon and released a special and everyone's like, it's not as good as we all thought it would be. That guy or a girl, but that guy can now go away and work so fucking hard and come back and be like, oh, you thought I was bad. Yeah, maybe I was. But like he has ample opportunity to blow, blow us all away at some point. But he's not gonna and he's not gonna try. And he he's could. not Taylor Swift. But so. he could. <laughs> but he's not. Yes, he yes, he could. There's, I ta- that there's one Taylor I'm- Swift. Um, <laughs> and this guy is not that. Um, but, you know. <laughs> It's just hard. I, and, oh, Brian, you just defeated my whole. Point. So you're thinking that like you should sometimes say no. to Michael things. Jordan did it. Michael Jordan got cut from his what high mean? school basketball team, and then he came well, back he and became get, the greatest of all time. At least. He didn't get cut himself. What I'm saying is like, do you turn down the opportunity oh, to do a special? Right. You feel you're not ready. They asked Michael Jordan to be on the high school basketball team. He declined. <laughs> no, he said, "I'm not no, ready. I need to practice <laughs> a little bit story. more." And then he joined the Bulls a few years later. Um, have I declined things that I wasn't? No, of course not. You have to just go full hog into this shit. And if you fuck up, but the problem with that philosophy is that frequently, I'd say more often than not, you go, you fuck up and you don't get another chance. They, you're just like, they just brand you. There's so many people who's, but I would say, I would say also if you try and then you, or if you get asked to do something and you say, no, you'll never get asked again. Yeah. So there's like, there's also that you it's, it's at least you did something like, uh, you know, uh, my friend, Tim, my boyfriend's brother was like, you know, they were on the tonight show and he's like, that's the biggest thing I'll ever do. His band was on the tonight show in 2008, I think. And now he's a comedian and, and the band, you know, plays a little here and there, but that was like their big shot. He's like, that's the biggest thing I ever did. And they like fucked up a chord. Like they played a, a different version of the song. It was like a thing. And I'm like, was, was that discouraging? He's like, yeah, I, we kind of fumbled on the biggest thing we'll ever do, but it's like it's still the biggest. Yeah. Like it's still the Tonight Show. You can no one's talking about the performance. You can't take that away. That person can always say I did a Netflix special. In and in twenty years, no one will know what the quality of that was. Yeah, right. yeah. So it's just being able to say it. And you can put it on your tombstone. Yeah, in two hundred years, <laughs> they'll be dead, and then in <laughs> two thousand years, no one will know any individual person no that existed. Knows, no one cares. Yes, you walk down the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Mm. You like every third star. You have no fucking clue who that woman is. Yeah, yeah. And then you try to something. Google it, and it's like not even on Google. <laughs> no, Google doesn't even know. Yeah, no one knows. And she was, she was Angelina Jolie at some point. Yeah, like she was the biggest star of her time. Your grandmother, like, ha- you know, was obsessed with her and knew all about who she was dating. Like. It, but we don't we don't care at all and this is like this happens within 20 years yeah so it all doesn't really matter but then it all matters so now much think so about like ancient egypt and they're like people who are really popular in ancient egypt that everybody <laughs> knew well we're still we're still talking about cleopatra and king tut yeah all you know about are kings know. that's all you do really know about is kings important yeah. politicians is what we know about throughout history yeah it's like i don't know i'm just i always get to this point where i'm just like it you get so jealous of someone's success or you get so discouraged about your own or whatever. And then there's the other, the other side of the coin, which is like, we'll all be forgotten and none of this matters. And their life probably isn't as good as what you think it like. I don't know. Which is it? I really can't decide which it is. Everything was so fucking awesome the last few years. And it's like true. Truly. Nobody can ever know unless they are really going vlog style on their life and showing you like, 
crying from your hotel room. I mean, yeah. it's, and then and then no one really wants, wants to, to see that, that. And they like like one post about it, and they're like, "You're so vulnerable, thank you." And then it becomes too much, and then you become kind of crazy. And yeah, um, I think that there's only so much yeah, suffering someone can witness before they're like, "I'm sick of this." Yeah, it's it's such a it's impossible to make everybody it happy is. about it, but. Well, I hope you have sh- good shows in Tacoma this weekend. Um, I'm going to have a great set with Tim. D- it's, I can't believe I you had already the best did. of my yeah. life tonight. Oh I'm manifesting God. it. Oh, yeah. By the time this airs, I had one yes, of the greatest the sets of my yeah. life. And I got so many new fans. And I made f- new friends with people who uh, Tim Dillon heads. And um, yeah, and yeah, and I, uh, Steven Tyler is um, wants me to be uh, the godparent <laughs> to his that's Kid. pretty crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's we'll about it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm thinking Stephen Tyler has to have a, a, a an infant child out there. I think so, so. Right? yeah, isn't that a right? thing? Swaddled yeah. in his scarves. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll meet that kid at the party. Um, Kelsey, thank you so much for coming on, and it was so good to catch up with you. And I just feel like this is such a. Um, I just feel so good about it because I. Uh, it's been way too long, girl. I so know. thank you for being here and. Um, everyone, you if you don't know about Kelsey Cook, obviously you do now, but follow her on everything. She's so funny. She's uh, going to have this new special out pretty soon, April 6th, again, Madison, Wisconsin. And um, and yeah, check out her special now that's on YouTube, The Hustler, and her multiple podcasts. Um, thanks so much, Kelsey. You're the best. Thanks for having me, guys. It's so nice to catch up. Yay. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We are talking every single episode of every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits. Streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate girl bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.